most highly of your talents. They say you are a man of good taste. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And this week, we are getting ready to be horny on Maine. Be prepared for it just to be horn dog fest for however long <laughs> this podcast is. And it could go for a while. We got a lot to say. <laughs> because this movie is so long, also. And also, there's not a single slow mo moment. Like, it's always, there's always something with this film. They're always like, these ladies are going to eat you. Like, this wolf is chasing people around. Like, no slow moments. You're just oh. digesting things constantly for two hours and seven minutes and that movie that is two hours and seven minutes long is Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992 I don't know why I feel like I have to say like the whole yeah I think legally yeah Yeah. you have to because if you just say I mean obviously uh well hopefully you guys know this is a movie review podcast but if you just say Bram Stoker's Dracula they might think you're talking about the book and there's also sure. been so many other Dracula movies. Like, I gotta so be specific. Many. Okay, but this, like, might be the be-all, end-all. Uh, I think, um, yeah. This yes. is the definitive take, uh, actually. So. <laughs> and if you haven't, you know, seen this very softcore porn uh, at all, <laughs> <laughs> IMDb says, the century-old vampire, Count Dracula, comes to England to seduce his barrister, Jonathan Harker's fiance, Mina Murray, and inflict havoc in the foreign lands. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm, like, looking at the poster for this movie, and even oh. it's horny. Of course it is. I've never seen this poster, the IMDb poster, before. I've only seen the one with the spooky like dracula d- devil face zoomed in this one's horny oh my it's god so <laughs> horny it's, yeah i uh, mean her dress is very low down on her arms her arms are all like tucked together like emphasizing parts of her body she's got it, that sexy little shoulder and neck decolletage on display satan shoulder baby what oh so I did one year at Catholic school, right? And uh, all the nuns would, if you like showed your, like at, like your shoulder area, it was referred to as Satan's shoulder because it was too sexy. Okay. Stop. I mean, like Catholicism is not it, but like. It's Catholicism itself is so horny. Come it on. It's so horny. Oh my God. Have Saint y'all Teresa, watched? please. Y'all watch the show Evil? Um, yes. I know Sydney has. I finished season two, by the way, Sid. Uh, very mm. exciting. We'll talk after this. Um, but yeah, Catholicism is horny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, the clavicle is one of the hottest parts of the body. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Satan Fully would be agreed. Uh, But also, too, like this book is like what? 
an 1800s book. It's like a Victorian era. Yeah, it's like 1897 or something like that. You read it, didn't you, Monica? Yeah, yeah. It it the the book slaps. Audiobook slaps the hardest. It's got Tim Curry and Alan Cummings as voices. Ooh, uh-huh. Stunning. Yeah, Tim Curry is Van Helsing. Queer icons. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I do know that like this the book technically like represents a lot of like sexual repression that people had in the Victorian era. So like Fair. the book is supposed to like the book is horny and people are like no no it's literally just softcore porn and so there's nothing hornier than modesty am i right like there's nothing to get you going more than the idea of a little ankle or a wrist and what might be underneath those weird Mm. little butt the pads in victorian dresses is her butt really that big (laughs) no it's not spoiler alert the sexiest thing ever is a nipple squirting blood I didn't like that when they did that (laughs) I had to rewind a couple of times to be like is that really what I think that I'm looking at here and Uh what's going on the answer is yes they're okay I read so many articles about this and I had such a fucking great time but Francis Ford Coppola the director of this movie and I want to just say that I might have said in the last episode that this was his last film and he died right after I was so wrong I like don't even know why I thought that and I'm so sorry to whoever I've said that to because it's many people in person and maybe online so that was wrong it's not true he's still alive uh anyway moving on Francis Ford Coppola we love him he fucking slayed this thing uh why he just he just did an amazing job but his goal going into this movie was not only to make the be-all end-all Dracula movie the be-all end-all vampire movie but to create a quote erotic nightmare and he has succeeded my friends um also for the listeners at home I am wearing vampire fangs right now and so if you hear a weird lisp that you've never heard before that's why and it will be here the entire episode until these fall out so but anyway. also, Monica, don't you remember that episode where we talked about how you said people said that you had a lisp and you asked your mom and she was like, well, that's how you always talk. That's just how you always talk. Yeah. Me. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that now. I I don't know if this, if this, if I just sound like this all the time, um, don't tell me about it. I'm not ready to come to grips with that right now. We're talking no, about the erotic so. nightmare, Chelsea. Okay. We need to talk about the erotic <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> um, I just like that your mom... Loki roasted, roasted you. I don't me. know. Yeah, yeah. No, she Classic me. Sandy. Yeah, she fucking roasted me. It was brutal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, erotic nightmare. One just fell out. Uh, erotic nightmare <laughs> is the perfect descriptor. Like that's like, let's scratch that whole IMDB uh little synopsis mm-hmm. that you just read, Sydney, and just write erotic nightmare. <laughs> it's really all the information you need to head into this film. Because it's like. It's gory. It's equal parts gory as it is sexy. Um, we get a lot. I did of- start a little section in my notes to track the horniest moments. I only started it like halfway through, so I had to go back and see like what I remembered being particularly horny from the beginning. Um, but but I've got you know at least like eight little notes on here of moments that I went that is so horny that it needs to be specifically rem- remarked upon. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's just, it has everything that we as Spooky Tuesday folk uh, love. We love 
sexy, sexy, sexy people. We love gay shit. There's gay shit in here. There's mm-hmm. a lot of gay shit. Um, we love, I love vampires. I can't speak for all you. I love vampires just in general. We love blood squirting from whatever orifice all the time. Um, and we also fucking love practical effects. And this movie, like, did only that. Like, straight up, Francis Ford Coppola it was so had a different effects company or whoever, head of effects, and they wanted to use some more CGI. And he was like, fuck you. No. And he fired them or he didn't fire them and they quit. It's contentious. People say different things. Um, and he hired his son, Roman. And um, Roman was like 25 at the time and a young hero. And they literally did like the classic literal smoke and mirrors type of like in film magic tricks to make this shit happen. Like the only CGI in the whole thing is those blue fucking flames. Those weird ass blue flames. And they looked so out of place. I know. I was very jarring. But it, like it's got it all. Oh, God. And like we mentioned this last episode, but all three of us watched this together um, for Halloween um, at the Los Angeles Theater put on by Synespia and like ambiance, big screen, everything. Costumes. If you you can watch Vampire teeth. If you can watch this big, watch this big. Like you need to have it be real big when you watch it so you can see all the fucking crazy shit that goes down and not miss a second of it. I can't remember. Had you guys actually, maybe you told me literally at the end of last episode, but I also forget. Um, had you guys seen it before either of you? Oh yeah. Okay. I have, so I was the only one who had it, but rather recently, uh, not super recently, like within the last three years and I wholesale fell asleep, um, for 99% of it. Like Adam and I, I think both might've fallen asleep, um, while watching it. Cause he didn't remember how good it was like I was not I thought it was whack the first time I watched it because I was in a horrible mental state and I was wrong and you could be wrong and you can admit it on the pod uh, you're <laughs> so brave I am so brave thank you um I was wrong back then now I now I know the way and the light this is a great great work of art <laughs> yeah I mean I I don't I like obviously watched it in the theater with everybody it was fun I had a great time we were all like being cozy um again it is there's literally so much going on in this movie that I think I kind of just like let it wash over me at that (laughs) time um and I didn't necessarily like engage with it as a film I just like let the movie play at me um so it was interesting to watch a second time um and like know what was coming and like not necessarily be on the lookout for anything um because again there's just so much happening that it it I really like it. It's really well done. It's really super interesting. But you know, when you're like looking at a very busy painting and the eye does not know where to rest necessarily, or like if you're listening to um, the Bleacher's new remix of Taylor Swift's Antihero and there's so much little production stuff going on that you're just like, ah, like you can't like soak anything in the whole time. Yeah um it's it's there's no moment to like sit and digest any of the film really um it's just non-stop the whole time um and I'm entertained by that but again I feel like it's hard for me to like have 
takeaways a little bit from the film other than so horny constantly let me watch it five more times and get back to you Um, once a year no because I think that's like a benefit of it like obviously it's overwhelming and like if you're not ready for that then it might just seem like too weird like the first time I watched it the second time I watched it I didn't even see all of it because I had to wait in the fucking drink line for hella long. Anyway, uh, I also think there's like so much lore from the original story that they're trying to just cram in. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, that's just like how the book is. It's like he like, well, I have like a whole thing I want to talk about with like all the things that a vampire can do, according to Bram Stoker and according to this film, because it's stuff you don't see every day. Like um, turn into a giant pile of rats. Oh, we can't go I there yet, that. but yes. <laughs> uh, but I think that because it has so much going on, it makes it more fun for the rewatch. When I watched it again, I was like, well, I didn't notice that weird thing. And that time the shadow moved and that other thing that happened. Like mm-hmm. this was so like, yes, overproduced and overdone. Um, But like so masterfully, like he literally storyboarded every single scene of this entire movie drew it out in little drawings and there's actually like an animation of the entire movie pretty much not exactly how it ended up being but because he drew all of it out to such a degree like they put it in a slideshow and it was almost like a stop motion animation of the entirety of Bram Stoker's Dracula and apparently it's on YouTube but I didn't have time to look it up um but yeah so like It was just like, yeah, over-engineered to the nth degree, but like, goddamn, did he have a vision, baby. (laughs) I love the opening scene of this movie. Like, let's get into it. I think it is the most beautiful, like, outrageous, like, introduction to a movie that we've watched in like a really long time and we've had some banger openings lately and this one is kind of jarring as it opens because it's kind of like in medias rays and it's no one like it's all like uh subtitles and you're like what is happening i did not know that was started out during the ottoman empire like what's happening (laughs) um but like you feel soothed because you get to see gary oldman god saying soothed with this these fangs is not good. That's bad. I'm <laughs> like so soothed with Gary Oldman. Also, I don't know. He gets my blood boiling a little bit, but okay. I'm sorry. I didn't finish what I was saying. You get soothed by Gary Oldman in the like most grandiose suit of armor that anyone has ever worn. The blood red suit of armor. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I think um, what is so cool about the beginning also is the way that they do so much of it in silhouette. Um, yeah, and shadow puppet. Well, they did it with real actors, but they talked about doing it with shadow puppets, apparently. Um, and they wanted it to be like a whole shadow play. And there is a moment later on when they're like at the little, I don't know, porn theater? What was going on with that scene? Um, But when they're at the theater, they do like see real shadow plays. Um, And it was reminiscent, obviously not a clear reference, but it was reminiscent to me of the way the new Candyman started with like the shadow puppets, the way we talked about earlier this year. Um, 
I just think it's like such an interesting way of doing like a war scene for one where obviously that would be very hard to film realistically if you're legit showing everything um but it lets them do some like fun super violent things without having to like get into the nitty-gritty of that and it also gives you that like great moment where he like steps into the light to finally show his face and is like god be praised i'm victorious like he has this giant moment where he's like finally the light shines upon him it is god's will or whatever blah 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 you know what i mean they have uh, fun with that they they do a lot of very fun visual things in this movie like it's a visual feast for sure oh truly a feast there's so much going on and then i mean there is a reason that this movie won the Oscar for best costuming because like just every costume like wows you more than the last. But uh, shouts out to Winona Ryder's first costume as a uh, Dracula's OG wifey. Um, I don't know what that character's name Elizabetta? is. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, of course. Um, just so gorgeous. And I love the juxtaposition of like the green with his bright, bright red and uh, his like muscle suit of armor. Like it literally looks like muscle. It does look like muscles. I didn't think about that. A suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There's a guy at the showing that we went to who was literally in that armor. I was like, how did you make? How did you make that? How would you make that? People are so crafty. It was incredible. Cosplayers are really good at that shit. I he wish was, that I was passionate about cosplay, but that sounds was, like so much work. He probably was sweaty. He looked like he was a little disgruntled when I saw him, but he was also in the long wine line. And so that was probably mm. why. <laughs> um, but okay, I, wait, I have a question. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know the answer to this and that you are supposed to immediately recognize her but the way that they like shot like cutting between um Keanu being serious to like oh Winona's here hey isn't that the same lady from before like are you supposed to make that immediate connection or is it like kind of hazy the Elizabeth Amina thing initially is it supposed to be what's the deal well I think it's pretty obvious because like we know what Winona Ryder looks like but I don't think right it's and necessarily... Winona was so famous already by the time yeah. 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 I mean, um, that's actually funny because Winona was part of the reason that Francis Ford Coppola did this movie in the first place. She had been approached to do a TV movie version of this or like a, I don't know, like a short series based on the same script. And she loved it so much that she showed it to Francis Ford Coppola and he was like, holy fucking shit and stole it from that director. Poor guy. But he got to be an exec producer. So it's OK. Um, but she like was ingrained in this from the get go. Um, but yeah, I think that, I, you know, it's weird. It's like a, a thing, a trope in, in vampire lore, like this, like reincarnation of a lover. And I really wanted to do more research on it, but I couldn't find like what I was looking for, um, today. But I think that it's like, you're supposed to be like, huh, they're the same. That's the same actress. Interesting choice. And then like, as the movie goes on, it becomes more clear, like, oh, he thinks that it's the reincarnation of his Elisabetta. But then, like, you don't expect her to actually be Elisabetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as the movie goes on, you're kind of like, oh, wait, she remembers things. She knows things about him. So, like, is she actually reincarnated? Like, kind of, yeah. And it's so that's that, that, like, the extent of it is a slow reveal. But I think uh, the 
I mean, it's Winona. <laughs> yeah, I do remember talking about that with you before we went to the movie, um, because you were talking about your interest in it, like as a trope. And I think we thought of a couple other examples where we were like, oh, they do that here and there as well. Um, yeah. But now I can't think of them. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember at the time being like, oh, oh I remember well- Fright Night. Oh Fright yeah, Night. yeah, yeah, yeah! I just watched yeah. Fright Night, the '80s, the '80s one, not the one with uh, Anton Yelkin, Yelkin or whatever. And uh, yeah. oh god, Yelchin? Yelchin, what's hot? Colin Farrell. Okay, I was like, mm. hot, hot, sexy man, Colin Farrell. I will hot, watch that. Hot, yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, at the time, I didn't know that it was like the real reincarnation yet, and I was kind of like intrigued by the trope and kind of just like guessing and putting pieces together of like if you've lost your one true love and you see someone who reminds you so powerfully of them and is is it like bound to happen at some point in time if you live forever that you're gonna like come across an identical stranger you know what I mean um it takes two style as opposed to um like parent trap style you know what i mean um yeah. or like was the power of his love still existing in the earth resurrecting her spirit and then planting it into poor mina's body i don't know yeah my other question with that trope that i just don't i'm not knowledgeable enough to know the answer to is i wonder if it implies um that like one will be resurrected if you wait long enough and you are bound to cross paths again or is she being resurrected every single time that she dies and is reborn again but it took this long for him to cross paths with one yeah like do you go into if resurrection is real do you go into a queue every time you die do you immediately get uploaded into a new baby or do you have to wait 400 years or thousands of years how many years a lot many it's been a while like when were the 1800s i guess so like 400 years 400 years it was 1400s to 1800s yeah yeah 400 years that's that's the regenerative uh maybe Maybe. or maybe she's been out there in a new country this whole time and he just happened to come across one jonathan harker this time around or i don't know i don't know harker Uh, harker it's harker okay um I, I I only know that because it's literally on my notes right in front of my fucking face right now. Uh, anyway, I I just think it's such a like, I don't know. I'm a sap. I love romance. <laughs> I love romance. Um, and so I just think that it's like such a like gut wrenching just theme to be like the love. Their love is so strong and lasted through 400 years, and like they found each other again after like their tragic after being tragically torn away from each other you know i love that shit tuck everlasting whatever i don't know any of that stuff crimson peak i cry every time like it's just i love i love tragic love stories so at first when i first watched this and when i read the book i wasn't so moved by that i think they really like made that more of a, a focus for the movie but again, I did fall asleep for part of the time that I listened to the audiobook of Dracula, just so just to be fully honest with the crowd here, because um, it was on a road trip and I got sleepy. So I could have missed the part where there was deep, deep, passionate romance. Um, yeah, I mean, but they really up the ante in this with this film. It is hard for me to like really dive into and get emotionally invested in 
the love story between Mina and Dracula here, just because I don't think that I am enough of a monster fucker. You know what I mean? Um, he is just can't relate. <laughs> yeah, he he does not appeal to me, and I want Winona to kiss Lucy more. Um, that said, she clearly loves him. Happy for you, girl. Like whatever. Back back to the beginning of the movie, it's just such a tragic, like Romeo and Juliet esque, yeah, like that's true. Parting of their love, like they he like defeated the invaders. He did all this shit for God, and I want to talk about this this the very beginning of how he becomes Dracula too, because it's so crazy. Um, but like you go through all that shit, and then like fuck fuck those fucking bitches for telling her that he died. That's so mean. Shooting an arrow the into the building or whatever. The yeah. How dare they? Um, and um, <laughs> just got just a little visual effect really quickly. Like she eats herself off of the tallest tower of the entire world into the river below. That part when it's showing her love note to him, or I guess her like ending of her life note. Um, and it shows her. <laughs> body like falling on the note that vi- weird visual effect that they did where he's reading the note and then you see a little Winona like falling on the note like I was like okay I get it's supposed to be poignant but I'm laughing my ass off <laughs> there's so many little things like that but like if I had that situation happen to me if I was fighting a whole army in a gorgeous suit of armor and Adam thought I died and drowned in the river um, I too would also say fuck you God and stab God in the face to become a vampire seems like the natural course of events <laughs> I want to know did was the blood in the cross the whole time or did it just appear when he stabbed it you know like was cursing God he was like fuck you God fuck you Jesus you motherfuckers you I did all this shit for you and what have you done for me I renounce you and then like they were so disrespected that they squirted blood everywhere this is literally how he becomes a vampire he stabs the cross the the cross squirts blood at him and then he drinks the cross blood so was it God's blood maybe he sucks God's blood and then he becomes a vampire I did think it was like vampires yeah, I thought it was super, super interesting because um, I obviously we're all so familiar with like generic vampire lore of like crosses keep them at bay, drive a stake through their heart, garlic, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the the crosses thing in particular, I think we're so familiar with just generally that I never really engaged with it or questioned it. And I didn't know whatever the original Dracula lore was from Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker, I don't know. Um, Bram. Bram, Bram. Okay. Um, but like, it was really fascinating to be like, oh, like that's that's where it comes from. That's kind of what is happening here and makes sense. Um, not not to give this movie too much credit necessarily, but if you guys saw the new um Thor movie, Love and Thunder, um, it does kind of this same trope in the beginning of like what happens when um people who have given everything to religion find out that their sacrifices are essentially meaningless to god or gods or whatever and 
if if religion is truly so powerful like how can that power be perverted when you're no longer acting in the sake of it as opposed to like acting opposed to it um I don't know I just w- I didn't know about vampire lore Dracula lore and that same way yeah. I thought it was really really cool but like the whole drinking God's blood thing that you were saying from like stabbing the cross obviously Catholicism etc is like communion is a thing where you're symbolically drinking christ's blood and eating the body of christ with the little communion wafers obviously we see a communion wafer have a very relevant moment in this movie i think it's really interesting i love the concept uh call call me a blasphemer whatever i'm not religious uh but i love the concept it feels like he's like stealing a bit of god's power to be his own you know he's like fuck you i'm taking some of this for me and I'm going to have my whole new shit now. And I make up the rules. And there's going to be bats and rats and cats. And well, there's no cats. <laughs> I don't think there's cats. But he was just like, I'm going to take this blood. And I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with it. And create a legion of the undead. Like, that's sick. Pretty sick. Good for you guys. Yeah. You will. Be, he's got dubious it's morals. Creative. But like, that's kind of the it's whole inventive. point. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, he was like God. His whole thing is morality. I'm gonna say fuck you to that and be like let like be sexy all the time. Well, okay, he's not sexy all the time, but we'll get to I, that. I have another question. Um, yeah. is this his in-house chapel that that we're seeing, uh-huh. or does he just oh, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because that's the one where you look up into the sky and there's that amazing Sistine Chapel style painting of him and Elisabetta flying in the sky in love and grace. It's so good. My tooth just fall- fell out. I was too excited. <laughs> I want a man to love me so much that he paints a like Sistine Chapel, like ethereal like thing of us on the ceiling so he could just stare at it at all times. I kind of demand that. I think we yeah. all deserve that. We all deserve a big painting on the sky. <laughs> Do you think he brought in an artist like right away while Elizabeth's perfectly preserved but presumably waterlogged body was like still laying there on the floor? What? He already had that. What oh, he already mean? had that? That predated yeah. her death? He was like, oh yeah, we're just rich and we just like, <laughs> damn. Sure. He's a king or whatever of whatever. I don't or I don't know. Or do he was a knight. No. He is he fancy. Rich. But yeah, I mean clearly rich. Yeah. So he was like, I love my girl so much, put it in the sky. Good. Ideal. God. It's so cool. I just like I forgot about the lore of like that he's like the numero uno vamp in this in this world. Like it's it's very, very cool. Um, do we want to talk about the vampire rules now before we go through the rest of the movie or we want to do it later let's do it now yeah okay cool i found this uh article on reddit okay so it's a post on reddit or something (laughs) (laughs) article Um, yeah scholarly academia i tried to like come up with like my own list of all the things that he could do um but i was like my brain cannot hold all of the things he could do i probably didn't notice half of them but i had he can turn into smoke he can crawl on the walls (laughs) he can turn into a wolf a bat or a shit ton of rats he can do that floating thing where he kind of like glides over the floor um but these are like actually what van helsing describes the rules of of dracula because he like Gets real specific in the book. So he doesn't need blood to live, but it'll make him stronger and younger looking. 
So that's mm. interesting. I like that this kind of de- de- uh, deviates, that's the word I'm looking for, from like the lore that we're so commonly commonly seeing. He doesn't eat regular food. He doesn't have a shadow classic. No reflection in the mirror. Has the strength of many of his hand. That's a direct quote. Um, I think that means he's very strong. <laughs> um, can become a wolf or a bat or come on moonlight rays as elemental dust. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And he could become mist, um, but he can only be mist like pretty close to his body, it seems. That's mm. what they've said. Um, and it says, however, this is where we get into the limitations. If he be not at the place whither he is bound, i.e. his earth home, his coffin home, his hell home, his place unhallowed, he can only change by himself at noon or at exact sunrise or sunset. Interesting. So basically, Hmm. he's the most powerful at his house. And aren't we all um, relatable? That's why he has to bring the dirt with him everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, so I that's mean, like a really interesting thing. He ate all of the various crews of sailors, and that's why you see like the flashes of like the newspaper with like crews missing or whatever. Um, so that he could be young and hot to see Mina across the street. My favorite part about that was he's in like the ambiotic sack on the like <laughs> ship. Like that was so weird. Why does he have to travel by ship? Why can't he go on the train? Well. I think they needed to like transfer his dirt over there so he could be powerful. He had to morph into a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> he had to be in his chrysalis, Chelsea. Excuse that, me. I will say the boat part is like the coolest part of the book. Like they really like it's like a second in the movie, but it's a really long part in the book. And it's like they're picking him off one by one as they go along. And it's from like the captain's perspective. Like they kind of do that in the the movie where it's like captain's log, blah, blah, blah. Really, really cool. That's a really fun part of the book. Um, And then like the wolf thing there, he like gets off the boat by being a wolf. And and so they don't really do that in the movie either. Um, Yeah, I I was kind of guessing to put some pieces together a little bit and be like, oh, I think this is what happened um, at different points in the film. Um, I will say some of it I was prepped for because, and I missed out on whatever this was exactly. Um, so apologies that I don't, I'm kind of guessing here. Um, but there was some project that maybe started on Tumblr or just that everybody on Tumblr was obsessed with this past year where there was like a Bram Stoker's Dracula book club of some degree where you were emailed a line or an entry or a couple of lines from the book like every day so everybody was like posting about the new little bit that they it was like it was like being released like fanfic chapters almost um (laughs) or the way that old stories used to get published like chapter by chapter in the newspaper um and I love that yeah I missed whatever it was so I never signed up I only saw about it too late but it was really fun to watch other people talking about it at least but yeah, somebody did a funny post at one point about um, Dracula scaling the walls like a little lizard. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, there he is. There he goes. That's him right now when he like just disappears out the window after talking to Jonathan. 
<laughs> I liked when he licked the razor blade. That's what I like. That's one of my horny moments also on my list. Oh my God. Okay. Let's finish his rules and then let's go full on into horny. Cause that's the whole rest of the movie. The one thing that's also expressly said in here is that like, once he's been inside a place, he can get out of the place, even if it's tiny. So that is why vampires can like get out of the coffins when the coffin is all the way sealed. Doesn't really make sense. We don't ask questions. We just say, okay, uh uh-huh. That's what vampires can do. That's like why later Lucy can like get out of her fully sealed tomb to go eat babies. Mm. Yeah. Um, Oh, interestingly, um, also if you, you can get fed on by a vampire and be totally fine. It's only if you drink from a vampire back that it's an issue, which was confusing to me because they kept being like, well, what's his face? Van Helsing, who's such a little bitch, um, kept being like, Lucy did this of her own accord. And it's like, um, no, I saw Lucy after she was ravished and she seemed upset and non-consenting. Um, but I, there is an implication that at some point she did willingly drink Dracula's blood. We just didn't see it necessarily. Yeah, but so. I also think that like when she's like so anemic and so drained of blood and so like, well, that's the other thing. It doesn't necessarily say this explicitly here. But um, I don't know if it was one of you I was talking about how like vampires definitely need to have that like dazzling effect on people. Otherwise, they're in the 21st century. It just really wouldn't work out. Um, but like they, he definitely can like bewitch people kind of to do the glamour. their bidding. Yeah, the glamour kind of thing. Um, and that's one of my favorite vampire powers. I think that is a fucked up, but everything about me is designed to draw you in draw you in about me um but yeah so he probably was like yeah it'd be a really good idea if you become a vampire and eat babies for the rest of your day i think it'd be cool like, okay i think you should yeah. try it out i think you should try it out um the weird thing is that like with the garlic and the crucifix they like make them silent with respect that's what it says here it doesn't make any fucking sense to me but that's fine um huh okay some movies don't make any sense oh and they can be confined in the coffin if a branch of a wild rose is placed on the coffin sucks Um, yeah i know that's the thing that pisses me off and that's why this movie is better kind of than the book um is because like these vampires are so fucking powerful, but if you catch them like at the wrong time and they are asleep, they're just like so sleepy that you can just chop off their head and like they put up no fight. Like it's just like that part doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they have yeah. to have a weakness, but it's just like, oh, like if you find them at the wrong time of day in the witching hour, blah, 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 blah. You can just chop off these bitches' heads. Like let that. There's a lot of off. loopholes here for sure because there's the whole like yeah. the cross will protect you thing, and like Dracula sees Jonathan wearing the cross and is like, ah, like he's like flinching away from it, and he scurries off to go climb the walls. But then when Jonathan is with the vampire brides later, she just like melts it right melts off it. him. So here's a thing that I learned from Salem's Lot. And again, everybody changes the lore. We've read Twilight. So she made him sparkle (laughs) and run real fast and jump. Like, you know, like you can do whatever you want, I guess, within the relative realm. In Salem's Lot, though, the Stephen King book, which slaps um, with the crucifixes, they only work on the vampires if the person wielding it actually believes either that it'll work or believes in God. So maybe because like Jonathan, it's very be, Stephen King. Uh, 
like seduced at that time. He didn't have Jesus on the mind. He so was that, not being very Catholic, Catholic in that moment. No. Um. <laughs> but anyway, those are the, the rules of the road pretty much with uh with vampires. If you're and then, horny, okay. the cross doesn't work anymore. If you're that. horny. And that's why the vampires get so far in this movie because let's talk about it, how horny everything is everything is so horny and everyone's by in my opinion um maybe not everyone but most <laughs> um the three boyfriends are all boyfriends with each other that's a polycule dude that okay to be lucy just saying just think about it <laughs> just think about being lucy and being the horniest chick ever and getting away with whatever the fuck you want before the whole bad part happens where they're sucking out her blood and there's a gorilla man and all that shit but like what a woman. <laughs> She's just reading porn, talking about it with her bestie, flirting with all the guys, um, doing sex acts last night, just kidding, only in her dreams, but also you know that she is in reality as well. Um, yeah, when she's she, just a little hoe, and I love that for her. She's and such a she's, little hoe. She's 20, almost a hag. Oh my God, she's got to be married off soon. Good thing she's got all these prospects. Oh my god and her prospects are like so good like Quincy the Texan I love how they dress him like yes he's from Texas and he's so sexy but yes he's from Texas so there's fringe on his jacket all right there's gonna be fringe on everything that he wears and that's true that's just how it is there and um, he's got a big bowie knife or something yeah oh it's so big Quincy it's so big <laughs> Can I touch Lucy, it? She's a little yeah. hoe. I love that for her. I love that for her. She's just flirting with everyone and having a blast. I mean, she's also got Arthur, who is literally the hot sexy man from Princess Bride, Car- Carrie. Ellie. Ellie? That's my best guess, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say. He is uh, Wesley in Princess Bride and yes. uh, Robin Hood <laughs> Men in Tights. Oh my God. Yeah, he is Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love that movie. I haven't seen that in age. He used to play it on ABC Family all the time. Oh my God. It was like a fave at Sleepovers when yeah. I was a kid. I um, just went and saw Princess Bride last night. I love that. Oh, okay. Speaking of these three men, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is how we are continuing our theme of Epsler November. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready to hear not- it. Say it in the movie. You know, no all of these men do say it. Are being like, just like Justin Long, like, what up, buddy? Is like the the tenor yeah. with which they're taking that. Well, here's the thing, too. Uh, they're all, since they're all in love with each other, they're like, we're in Victorian, you know, London. We cannot express our desires. So we're just going to bully each other and call them the Epsler when really all we want to do is kiss. Because there's so much kissing in this movie, and they just—I think each they other. probably are kissing, but they just say no homo. You know what I mean? So it no, doesn't they count. say no. They say uh, no. No F. No F. We're not Fslers. That's what they say. <laughs> They're like no homo. I'm no Fsler. See a little, exactly. A little you know. smooching for my pal. Pay no attention <laughs> to the fact that back there, then that word did mean a bundle of sticks, but it's fine. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they were um, aware. They were aware. They knew what it what would happen with time. Um, 
But we didn't talk about our third boyo, which is Dr. Jack Seward, who's like a huge part of the book. Um, he is such a cutie with a big morphine addiction. Um, oh, big. oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, big. Yeah, I mean, it's in the movie. He's he's like, <laughs> Lucy's like having a hard time. And he's like, hold on, hold on. Shut up, shut up. She's trying to say what's happening. He's like, shut up. Let me give you morphine first. No, <laughs> not my kind of doctor, but he does have that like sick kind of look to him that I'm deeply attracted to. So sure. I get while he's in the ro- get why he's in the rotation. It's good to have a doctor yeah, yeah, on yeah. call, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, but you know who that actor is? And it took me a while and I think I might have mentioned it to Chelsea when we were like watching it in the theaters. Um the actor who plays like Jack the doctor is uh the manager of the Spice Girls in Spice World. Yeah, you did tell me that. No fucking way. I've never seen Spice World. <gasps> Monica, you never stayed up all night at like a first grade birthday sleepover to watch Spice World? Wow, that's popular that it, year. Add it to a fifth Friday. Fifth Friday. Oh Tuesday, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's the alliteration. <laughs> it gets me. Just to shout out his name, that's Richard Grant, who is this illustrious actor, Dr. Jack Stewart in this one. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Lucy is like living the life. Also, she has the best costumes throughout this, and she's just like so fucking beautiful. I fell in love with her. I get it. I get why all these boys are leaving. They're literally just like they're right dying to do it. Yeah. for her. Like, I get it. They're like, I and they're lay willing my to like down. Yeah work together too which I think is nice they're not at each other's throats you know what I mean like I said polycule they're buddies um but but yeah I mean if Lucy likes all of us at least she likes all of us you know what I mean a second of her attention is fine if I can't have it all I'll take what I can get and that's how they should feel (laughs) Um, but yeah I think Lucy has um the the lion's share of the horny moments on my horny list um because she is just like always talking about porn or sex she's always whipping a titty out um she i I mean a lot yeah she literally is the one who gets like the ravishment scene um and she's got a a couple of them frankly um but she's got the one big main one on the altar you know with gorilla version of Dracula. Gorilla? I thought he was a werewolf. Was he a werewolf? He can turn into He's a wolf. A that's part of his thing. Well, so. Okay, okay, that's got to be what it is. So he must have been a half wolf because right, half, half, half bat at one point later on in the movie, which is fucking awesome. But uh, I just, he looked like a gorilla to me. So I was just, I get it. I see how it's a werewolf now, but it's very, he was small. He felt small and gorilla-y. I don't know. He felt like a gorilla. Here's the thing also. Like, Lucy is truly living my fantasy life. Like, I just want to, rich. like. Attention. Rich. Attention. So much her. attention. She's got everybody a good bestie. She's a little horn. She's, like, a little horn dog. And everybody thinks it's adorable. She's and not annoying. She's bestie on the mouth. And she's frolicking through a spooky maze in a thunderstorm. The rain starts and they go, oh! And then they get like, up and run around. Wait, can literally we talk about that for a second? Like, have you ever been in, like, 
a horny rainstorm like the rain comes down and all of a sudden it's on like donkey Kong yes! with ever's in the vicinity amazing yeah we've all watched the actual weather i don't know we don't get the rain that often here sydney so we don't know about the horny rain okay it has been raining a lot here the past few days and i do think had someone else been here with me i could have gotten caught up in a moment you know in a horny rain moment that could have been amazing when the rain suddenly starts coming down super hard there is something like a little magic atmospheric about it listen hillary duff knew when she said let the rain fall down like Mm -hmm. horny that song is horny it's very horny it's a it's about dracula actually she wrote it about about that moment So meanwhile, while Lucy is being horny all the time and also having her blood sucked, we've got our boy Keanu Reeves, a.k.a. Mr. Jack, Jonathan, not Jack. I'm so sorry. Jonathan Harker. Um, And he is so hot in this, but he is terrible in this. He said in some interview after the fact, I think probably years later, something like, yeah. oh, he'd filmed a bunch of movies back to back right before this. And he just was like exhausted and didn't really have it in him to like rise to the occasion, Um, which, you know, I think fair enough. And I didn't necessarily need more from him in this film. Like, it's not like it was done with him actually doing any sort of acting instead of just kind of speaking his lines like he, he was, was just being Keanu. Yeah, yeah, he it was not that far removed from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure style of you know what I mean? Oh He's God. just chilling. Okay, um, a little bit better than that, but also the accent was fucking shit. It was not good. <laughs> I just I read- mean he seemed like a very modern guy who's just there. He's just hanging out. I read an article and it was like talking with Francis Ford Coppola and they brought up Keanu's like accent. And he was like, you know, I probably could have directed him a little bit more, but I just liked him so much that I was like, sure, fine, whatever. You're do doing great, you Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> that and I mean, also like Winona's that. accent is. Oh, yeah. Something. I mean, it's, they're both it's allowed so to do whatever hard. they want. They're such starlets. It's, it's so hard because. There are so many people like fucking bodying what they're doing in this. And when I say that, I mostly mean Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins, like well, bodying it in a grandiose, ridiculous sort of way, but they're putting in the goddamn effort. Sure. And so it makes Winona and Keanu look like they're half-assing it in comparison. When you have Anthony Hopkins with this accent that no one has ever seen, this was the most unexpected portrayal of Van Helsing as someone who was fucking obsessed with the 2004 Van Helsing starring Hugh Jackman. I was like, yeah, so different. He um, also it's just love it. so Anthony Hopkins to me still at every single moment like at no moment am I like I'm looking at Van Helsing at every single moment I'm like that's Anthony Hopkins I don't know it's a little bit both for me but I feel like okay. you know they're gonna do they're gonna have Liam Neeson be I think Liam Neeson would have done a good job to be honest no 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 Van Helsing is Anthony Hopkins but here's the thing I would have loved for uh Liam Neeson to say ja all the time yeah they they chose Anthony over Liam because he had more roles and also he had just won his Oscar for Silence of the Lambs so notoriety sure he is a star like there's no denying it um I know it's not that he did a bad job but it was just for me it was so like inescapable that I was Gary Oldman I think for much as 
again, like I said, something about him just bothers me. And then I think like he has done actually bad things maybe, but also my beef with him is that he, he was too old to play a 36 year old serious black in the Harry Potter movies. And I will hold that against them forever. Um, but he always I really loved him as Sirius Black, and so I'm upset to hear this. <laughs> well, a lot of people love him as Sirius Black. It just didn't work for me. Um, but he transforms really, like every single role. It feels like he like is always the character. Chameleon. He's never Gary Oldman. Um, really? and then Anthony Hopkins, I was just like, that's Anthony Hopkins, and Keanu, I was like, that's Keanu. Yeah, I mean, Anthony was at least trying to do something, and he was doing so much. Like, I read this one article that said, like, it felt like he was looking around being like, you're really going to let me get away with this? Like, every time he did anything. Like, the part when (laughs) he realizes that Dracula is, like, around and that there's a vampire around, and he's, like, so fucking giddy, and he's, like, kissing everyone and, like, dancing with everyone. (laughs) Insane. Loved it. Perfect met the tone we needed it we needed some levity thank god maybe how sad this movie would be if he hadn't been a fucking jokester the whole time um maybe i'm just thinking about this because you were talking about phantom of the opera earlier um but it does kind of make me think about that iconic anecdote from mini driver about how she said she had some co-star that told her as the prima donna or whatever in that movie she was being over the top um and director joel schumacher was like honey nobody ever paid to see under the top um (laughs) and yeah sometimes you just really have to like be fully camp and bring it and that's i think the the dichotomy here is that some of them are being super camp and then some of them are being super normal regular Yeah. And I mean, again, the, the pop culture discourse lately has kind of covered Keanu a little bit with that whole weird Matthew Perry memoir coming out. Mm, And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were speculating that it was not necessarily personal beef with Keanu. And like Matthew Perry basically came out and said like, you're right. I guess I should have said, I wish I were the one who was dead and not Keanu, (laughs) Um, which was, but People were kind of speculating that it was just like he is not necessarily in touch with like the modern day pop culture moments and the reassessment of Keanu as a beloved figure as opposed to like just a mediocre actor. Um, And I think this movie is kind of what reflects that a little bit where it's like Keanu is just being Keanu and so if Matthew Perry's thing was like these incredible talents and then Keanu um I if he if this was the only Keanu thing that he has seen in the last 30 years you know okay but he shouldn't say that Keanu should die because that's not nice but he shouldn't say that he should die either because that's sad yeah it's very sad but okay, we, we got to talk about the other side of this. We've talked about Lucy. We've talked about that. But like with Keanu himself, let's talk about his time in the castle with Dracula because like talk about camp. Anytime that Gary Oldman was in the old Dracula face, I could not believe it. They oh had to shave part of his hairline for that. The giant hairstyle. I was so like, why is that the choice that they made? Because is the character like hiring somebody to come in and do his it's obviously a high maintenance hairstyle um but apparently the costume designer yeah apparently the costume designer that they were working with took like a lot of inspiration from like 
Japanese kabuki theater and stuff like that and you can really see that in some of the costumes at the end and so it is a very like geisha style hairdo um and you know back in the day it's not a hairdo that you do every day it's a hairdo you do like once and then you sleep with something under your neck to protect your hairstyle and you just like have it that way for you know if you're Dracula presumably a very long time but totally and I was wondering too I was like why isn't he making himself young all the time but it's probably because like he's trying to interact with like the outside world so he's interacting with these two different I'm gonna say accountants because I can't remember what they call them in old timey times Um, they say that Keanu is like a clerk at a law firm essentially well yeah basically like they don't really talk about this that much but like dracula has like this whole plan um that what is his plan yeah i'm gonna tell you right now his (laughs) whole plan is is that uh (laughs) like it gets interrupted by finding his love of his life but he was trying to like buy all these properties like Uh all around london so he could like go there and like have his soil there and then like increase his flock essentially Um, he's just setting up a new home base yeah it's like more bases like satellite operations satellite he's expanding the business expanding yeah he's like i'm over romania london's where that market now yeah the economy so he had um what's his name tom waits's character what's his name Renfield? Renfield. Oh, that's a good guess. Renfield. I knew the character's name, but I didn't know if that's who you were talking about. Yeah, Renfield. Um, let me just say really quick props. Uh, talk about people bodying it and being campus fuck. Tom Waits in this movie. Absolutely incredible. He's eating bugs. It's fucking sick. His hair's crazy. He's got the little glasses. He's like, I what if you it. brought me a little kitten? And they're like, don't you want a cat? And I don't know what was happening there, but what a haunting exchange. But also talk oh, about really. what a wasted plot line (laughs) oh yeah it doesn't go anywhere in the movie but like there's a lot more of like him like being bewitched by Dracula in the book and so it's kind of like shows you like how he can put you under his spell and like by promising you eternal life and all that oh that's fucking gay he's like so devoted to his master power dynamics bad but the love is there at least on one side (laughs) yeah I mean it is. I think he does serve a little bit of a role. He takes up so much screen time for the effect that he has on the plot. But he's there, I think, mainly to show like the thrall that Dracula can have without even really intending to in any particular moment. Like it just is oh, something whoa. that exists without necessarily needing to be exerted. Um and he he tells Mina whatever at the end that she's then like, oh, you betrayed me to Mina, whatever. I don't know. I was like, okay, anyway. Well, I think the thing with him is he was supposed to go back and do um, Dracula's bidding because like he was the, ta- the Jonathan Harker before Jonathan yeah. Harker. So he went over there and then he came back, but then he was so like fucked up from the experience of living with Dracula for however long that he couldn't keep it together and he got committed. Like, um, which like we don't blame him for having uh, psychological effects from being sure. probably like weirdly sex tortured for a period of time. Um, We've all been there. Yeah, we don't blame him for getting a bug fixation where he eats them all the time. Um, poor guy. But yeah, so that kind of backfired and he's trying to still help from being in his cell. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is where this is where my argument for 
bisexual Dracula comes in because like he is horny for Jonathan Harker. Dracula is until he finds out that his one true love is like set to be betrothed to him. You know, he's like very, very sensual with him. And I loved it. He says, I um, loved it. They say you are a man of good taste. Like he has that like fun yeah. little sexy pun. Yeah. Plan words oh, are oh really fun, maybe. Well, anyway. and even when he, when Jonathan's with the three sexy witch ladies, he's like, why are you touching them? He's mine. He's why fine. would you do that? Like, yeah. get your hands off my things. Here's a baby. Eat the baby. But then Not- he leaves Jonathan with them anyway. So what was that about? Well, because now he's going to Mina. Yeah, he gets distracted. He's got to get Jonathan out of the picture now. Priorities. Yeah, but like I I loved, I loved that. I just, oh my God. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit. When when you put on, when we put on the things to become vampires for this viewing that we went to, it changed me body and soul and I became a different person. Um, And I'm wearing (laughs) them now and I even feel a little bit of it now, you know, but like, there's just like this sort of like blanket sexuality that comes with the vampire. And I think they do such a good job of, 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 uh, of doing that. And this It's just like, it's just, it's so erotic. Everything is erotic. Every touch, every look, every glance when he's in the room, even when he looks like a weird squid worm plug man, when he's the old guy, like it's, he's still, he's putting on the Ritz for him. Okay. Um, the vampire bride was super evocative of all of that to me too because like the way they like rise out of the bed for one the way that they're like all over him they've got the sex mirror over the bed which is both um fun for sexy purposes and also fun for vampire lore purposes where you see Keanu like kind of pinned down but in the mirror shot you can't see anybody on him and his Um, shirt's moving oh I love mm -hmm. that they yeah. do so much fun stuff with the shadows and the mirrors and the there's one moment throughout. with the shadows early on with Jonathan and Dracula where they're just like talking and Jonathan's talking about Mina and the Dracula shadow hands are just like strangling him loved that yeah his shadow is like different like I don't know if that was someone like puppeting of uh, I don't know what that was I can't tell you what that meant like is his shadow a separate entity from him in that moment because he doesn't have IMDb a trivia said that um physics just work a little differently when the vampire's around so just like the light distortion and shadows stuff like that is just like it's off because vampires are going against the natural order of things they're flaunting god essentially i'm extrapolating a little bit but that's kind of the gist okay all right oh my god monica bellucci is one of the brides Oh yeah. Huh. The more you know. I, All those brides were hot as hell. And Michaela Burku and Florina Kendrick shouts out. <laughs> My favorite part about that whole like sexy bed thing is when oh. uh he visibly has a boner and then she bites it. <gasps> Stop. How that much happens. teeth would you like? Stop. <laughs> that was spectacular to say the least (laughs) I was dying I really enjoyed watching this again I watched it on I know I said watch it on a big screen but it's also great to watch on your computer very close to you so you can have private time to really experience how horny it is (laughs) it's also great to watch on your computer because there are so many very memeable moments in it 
um, like the strangling shadow hands, like Dracula looking at Mina across the street and being like, see me. Like if you have never had a crush and just like stared super hard at someone being like, notice me trying to beam little thoughts into their head. Like you've not had a crush. That's so iconic. Yeah. And also that's very gay. It is honestly. Oh my God. Wait. Okay. So I guess we should talk about the, um, love affair when, when I almost called him serious black. I'm sorry. I've been only reading serious and Remus, <laughs> Remus fan fiction lately. And so when She's I think a of girl, star girly. he also has that long hair. So it reminded me of serious a little bit. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. I um, didn't, what was up with his hair it was short in the front and long in the back. I know it was like a really, it's like my hair right now where you have like really bad front, like really bad grown out curtain Chunky layers. Chunky layers. Yeah. It's not good. Poor guy. It was luxuriously long in the back though. It was like touching his butt. That's how long it was. And it was so glossy. I need to get some of that to go into a big old pot of dirt in the bottom of the boat and chrysalis. (laughs) Those luscious locks. I'll do it. But um, would you not be bewitched by a man with those sexy blue shades with an unplaceable accent? Um, I would not, um, but I am sure many, many would. I would, unfortunately. <laughs> I would 100%. 100%. Also- I see that for must, you guys, yeah. Yeah, it must be said that um, Winona's outfit in that moment where you're there you're like looking at like downtown London whatever um and downtown Victorian London everyone's in these dark colors and then she's in this all beautiful sage green outfit with the little hat I just thought it was really beautiful costuming the hat is the best part and then you know there's more of them being very horny on their weird little date that they like on their weird little around. porn theater date what why why is there there's the, a moment where in one of the little films there's two ladies sitting on a man's lap and then they somehow merge and just become like one scoldy school marm i thought that was interesting yeah they're like oh i think if the whole thing was supposed to be like this is the first films like first films that are created of course the first film that people create is a porn of course <laughs> yeah that come on there was the whole the video of the horse that we talked about from nope and then they did porn right after like the they had the, the train TV. yeah <laughs> immediate porn yeah that's that's that scans for me and this is where we get more wolf shit um and i wrote this in my notes but like what is that thing about girlies and wanting to touch a wolf? Like, I was like, yeah, if this man had just been scary to me, but then he was like, but now I have a wolf and it's nice and you can pet it. I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, I'll go. I'm not going <laughs> to pet the wolf. I, 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 I am going to gonna pet the wolf. I got to pet the wolf. Am I going to get a chance to pet a wolf again? Sure. It works. Puppy. Also, his ability to, like, soothe the wild beast, um, that's, like, very rot tamer of him. It's so horny. God, every moment, you're like, finally, I can take a breath. 
it's fine. And then they're like, God, it's a porn theater. They Jesus, fuck. Okay, speaking of breathing, they do literally do like a gaspy, little sexy, breathless, horny breathing literally yes. the whole film where they're always like. <gasps> yeah, constantly, constant. I'm looking at my notes and they literally tell me nothing. Like, That's oh, because, again, it is so hard to talk about like coherently the plot of this movie because there's so much plot. It is oh, so much this- easier to be like, these are the things that made me feel something. This is the most insane movie. It is so hard to follow. Quote me. Quote me. <laughs> um, and also I said, did he make a sexy copy of himself or what even happened? Because for a minute, I thought that there were two Draculas at once. I got a little lost, but it was the same. It's just the one. It's just the one yeah. Dracula. He just has many forms. That was my question at one point too. Like, did he really get, and we've answered it by now, but did he really get youthful from drinking a bunch of blood gorging on the sailors? Or was it just like a glamour? Um, I do think it is fascinating that he gorged himself, got all young and arguably hot, sexy. Um, And then when Mina is married to Jonathan, he cries himself ugly again. Very relatable also. You ever done that? Yeah. Very relatable. <laughs> all been there. You ever cry so hard your face into, falls off? Yeah. Into a melting face little monster. Um, and we've all been there in a breakup. You ever cry so hard in a room like with one million candles? You ever go into your candle room to cry your face off? Yes. Yes. If I had access to a candle room, yes. Also, he gets his spooky wind. He has that spooky wind at some point, too. His emotions create the wind. I wish I could do that. I'm a cancer moon, so I wish that I could just have, like, emotion powers. It'd be very fun. I'd be very powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. This is, like, total non sequitur, and we already passed this part, but the part where he shaves uh, Keanu. um, And then he licks the blood. Very horny. He, uh, there's, like, a rumor that Gary Oldman was drunk for that scene. I oh, yeah. That was funny. That was an IMDb trivia, too. He said he was yeah. drunk and they filmed it after midnight and it all just really added to the ambiance. And I think yeah, that I was extra comes horny. clear. Yeah, that yeah. comes through. Um, But apparently they did a lot of um interesting little things such as that to capture the moment. Like they were always doing little, not stunts exactly, Um but to try and get like the right reaction that they wanted from someone. Like when Mina first sees Dracula on the street, they weren't getting like the reaction that they wanted from Winona apparently. Um, and legend has it, so AKA IMDb trivia. Um, well, no. Um, her <laughs> IMDb trivia. So again, didn't look this up, didn't fact check, but apparently Gary Oldman took a zucchini from a nearby veggie veggie cart I don't from a nearby crudite um and he like held it behind his back and then when she like glances over at one moment when he he's not on camera he like held it in front of his groin area as though he had a little zucchini dick to scandalize her um and then they got the shot so you know he he got her Apparently they did not like each other during filming. Um, But now she's been like, oh, that was just drama. That was teen drama or something like that. Yeah. Not a teen at that time, but that's fine. 
Um, she seems to be accepting a lot of the responsibility for that, but also she did get to marry Keanu. So, I mean, I think there's just like a drama left and right. Oh yeah. Cause I forgot like they were legally, they were, like, yeah. were legally married for, right? Well, okay. not that, that legally married, but a real Romanian religious ceremony. Pre- Greek yeah, Orthodox. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Romanian is where. Yeah. They did reshoots in LA for that part, apparently. Yeah, because I know, like, if you get married, like, foreignly, you have to get married in the U.S. first, and then you can have the ceremony. So, like, they could have been legally, like, married in that country, uh, but. They were, the the thing was that the, the Greek Orthodox priests performed a real marriage ceremony um and so again they never filed for in a the marriage license of with the state the or anything Lord. but yeah the greek they orthodox god god said that you know they got married and apparently they still text each other like hey hubby and stuff like that they probably don't say hubby but she says they husband or whatever perfect. That's do you think happens. winona's a hey hubby kind of gal i don't think so yes i hope not yeah but like ironically you know mm. the, i did try to watch that um rom that they did with my mom at one point maybe called like the vacation or something but it's just them talking oh, at each other the whole time destination wedding yeah it was cute and then I got I was like this is a lot and I had to check out <laughs> okay well back to horny things really quickly um mm-hmm. this movie made me like think about like going downstairs and opening this tiny bottle of absinthe that I have and like immediately <laughs> drinking it like I was like I you're like, like I'm I gonna get absinthe drug yeah I literally said, I need absinthe right now. I'm going to drink it for the episode, which I didn't do. But I have a absinthe spoon, so I could do it right now if I wanted to. But I'm not going to because I'm being responsible. Um, but you ever drink absinthe and then your hot new boyfriend turns your tears for diamonds. your infidelity, I guess, into diamonds? No. Um, no I then I guess you haven't dated me. a man rich and powerful enough. I know, and now I'm upset about When will it. your time come? This is so When unfair. will my time come? I have a niche thing to bring up. Um, y'all ever watch Gumby? Yes. <laughs> you know sure. about Gumby? Do you know about, like, the little dog in Gumby? And when he cries, it's pearls? Oh. Anyway, that's just a through line right there uh, for all my Gumby <laughs> fans out there. For all my Gumby girlies listening. Gumby girlies. <laughs> that's where they got the idea. I don't know what came first. When, when was Gumby? Gumby's always been around. Okay, so this movie is 10,000 years long or two hours and seven minutes, depending on how you look at it. Um, And so we can't talk about every second of it or this will be a four hour long episode. So we're just going to cut to the nitty gritty, the real important shit. And, and the most important part for me, maybe of the whole movie, besides every part that Lucy is in, is the sexy uh, Mina becoming a vampire scene um, because it made me feel things that I felt I should never feel. Um, that is the so moment different ways <laughs> yeah that's the moment when we were in the theater you giggled out loud um so and disrupted the entire viewing experience <laughs> um oh, okay I like that they use practical effects oh this is one of so the introduction of the scene is that uh Dracula enters Mina's bed chambers while they're all out there trying to all the boyos are out there trying to like kill him because they think he's in his dirt boxes. Jokes on them. He's out there fucking Jonathan's wife, essentially. Um, 
but he, he sneaks into her room as a spooky green mist, um, oh, yeah. which is very iconic and looks super fucking cool. But this is one of the like really complicated practical effects that they had to do. And they basically had to use something called a 50-50 mirror, um, which is commonplace in like an illusionist like magic shop. Like they're literally using like magician tricks to make this. They use magician tricks for the vampire bride scene too when they like rose out of the bed. Yeah, yeah. It's like so amazing. But like the smoke was created by dry ice. Yeah, dry ice. And it was like oozing around the velvet and they lit it by green lights reflected in the mirror. So basically they had a duplicate set and they used this mirror and there was like an at like a 90 degree angle from from the original set they had a duplicate set of the same size and shape um and and they somehow used that with the mirror and like the and like played over the smoke backwards in reverse to like make that scene happen Mm. it literally doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all like I cannot understand it in any way shape or form but it sounds so fucking complicated just to get that green smoke I love it commitment to the craft yeah I mean they did like basic camera work trick stuff like that a lot too like when Lucy is coming out or oh it's when Lucy's going like back into her tomb or whatever um they filmed that in reverse and then like switched the footage so that it would just have like an extra little element of like creepy eeriness yeah something slightly unnatural to it yeah Mm -hmm. No, it works super well. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like all the flowers and stuff, like immediately. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, they're they're always doing weird stuff like that, etc. Blah blah blah. That's so important to talk about. What I want to talk about. Um, read the Mina drinking Dracula's blood from his titty scene is also like Dracula is such a boob guy. Constantly in this movie, nobody gives a shit about asses in this. Movie. He's not an ass guy. He's a boot guy. Everybody is always having their titty out. Um, Mina, when she tries to seduce Van Helsing, is like, oh, prepping her little bosom. Um, it's I think constant. it's like a boob era because it was an era where corsets were prominent. And what do they do? They do stuff to the tatas. Yeah, I mean, it was also essentially a bra, and I get that, but also they had the big bustle in the back or whatever. I just, like, there yeah, was no Yeah, but you know that's not her real butt. I, I know it's not her real butt, but Dracula, is he really keeping up with the fashion of the times? I'm just saying you'd think there'd be a little more intrigue. Sam, Elisabetta reincarnated has a huge bubble butt. That's so crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine if he actually thought that? <laughs> but here's the thing. I think it just confirms that Dracula is a Republican. Woof. Oh, Why? Why would you well, do this to me? Let me have my sexy Gary Oldman. Let me have it. Republicans are tech guys and Democrats are ass men. Like, it's a thing. It's just the truth. In my experience, that has been true um just saying but okay the the scene in of itself is just another one where it made me go romance pine pine very bad shouldn't feel this way but here I am because this is their first time reuniting since Mina was like no I must leave my sweet prince behind and marry Jonathan to save him from going prematurely gray um and (laughs) like She's like trying to to fight it, but like it's just that's where this is where it becomes so clear that like she really is Elizabetta, like she is in some yeah. way her, and she like has these memories and has this like 
incarnate like innate love for him and i just like love that concept so hot it's so hot and one presented with the nipple you like the soulmate trope partake (laughs) i like the soulmate trope okay i don't mind the soulmate trope i'm i'm down with the soulmate trope i love it i love it but i also love that it's the fakest nipple I've ever seen. Like, it's just so fake. His, it looks so fake, but it's awesome. And the blood he should have cut so his weird. real titty. <laughs> but she's just like, she she loves it. She's like laughing up the nipple. And it's horrifying. And it just is so disrespectful that like, she's out there like sucking for so long. And he literally leaves and flies and turns into half Batman and everyone comes back and she's just still like looking up the air. I'm like, how dare they do this to Mina? They're making her look way too intense. (laughs) Oh God. But, But like, that's where, like, I just thought it was really funny that like, Later on in his life, Gary Oldman went on to become like a very important character in um, the Dark Knight and the the whole like Batman trilogy that's so popular. But he was actually the original Batman or oh, one of the earlier Batmen, yeah. um, one of a more, a, a more organic Batman um, in that moment. Because God, I love that makeup so much. God, I love that fucked up half bat makeup so much. It makes no sense. He's just some bad guy. This is like, this is the crux of the whole movie. You get fake nipple, you get blood, you get that weird smoke thing I just talked about for too long. You get him as half bat, gross thing. And then you get him exploding into wrath. Like, where do you get that these days? Where are the, where do you get a man disappearing and then there's a perfectly packed man pile shaped. of rats in yeah. the shape of a man? <laughs> Um, it is iconic. A pile of rats in a coat. Who knows? I perhaps a lot of men are secretly just a pile of rats in a coat. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna take a close look at Adam later today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on at any given moment. They do so. They do a lot of like really good cool cinematic stuff um like the beginning with the silhouette um there's that moment where they're like racing the sunset to the castle or whatever that's really cool um they're they're just absolutely having fun they have there's one moment um I don't remember exactly where it is but something with Keanu where it like fades oh um the the Dracula has a dramatic cape moment um and then like the background behind Keanu like fades to darkness entirely that's really cool like they're just they were um having a there's that moment where Mina and Jonathan are kissing and then like peacock feathers just cover the screen randomly and then the eye eye of the peacock feather yeah fades into like the mountain landscape through the train tunnel yes this the the transitions in this movie they do some like high concept transitions in this movie and they're fucking hilarious like so many moons turn into eyes turn into wolves turns into a harp there's that part where they chop off lucy's head and then immediately it cuts to someone chopping into some roast beef like they were it was so funny they're so like over the top and um, but they're also beautiful and all of those things are rather circular. So it did make sense for them to do that. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, it it is a fascinating visual beast of a movie for sure. Um, I do think um, something a little more serious about this movie that is interesting is um, obviously it came out in 1992 um, and they focus a lot on the blood aspect of it, not just because it's a vampire movie, but arguably because it is coming at the time of the AIDS epidemic, which started like roughly 10 years earlier. Um, There's a lot of very clear dialogue about blood diseases and sexually transmitted diseases. And there's like weird visual shots of like blood cells and stuff like that um, on the screen. And I found this article from the New York Times that I'll link in the references um, that kind of talks about how it, like, I don't know how targeted it was necessarily, although I think it's hard to, I don't think you could make this film and ignore that, you know what I mean? Um, But critics really thought this film was like going to be a flop essentially, but kind of plugging into the fear and the um like the this terrifying vibe of the AIDS epidemic at the time and like plugging right into that that fear for audiences is I think part of what made it like such a a moment and people really engage with it so much um there's a lot of interesting things to be said that I just like context yeah I mean it's so it's so interesting because the article was talking about like the you know it's a sexually transmitted disease for the most part although there are other ways for spread um but so there is this linked concept by nature of like sex and death um and the eroticism and the all of that is like very much linked in this film of like the process of becoming a vampire. You know what I mean? You're being ravaged on the altar. You're sucking blood from the titty. Um, there's a lot of like moaning and writhing going on. Um, it it's it's really interesting to like engage with. Um, and um, the article also mentioned how like the close up of the bite looks like. Um, I don't know how to say this, Kaposi's sarcoma, like lesions, essentially. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the the visuals in general, the racing, the sunset, the play in the beginning, um, it's all very, like, red and blood. Like, again, it is a vampire movie, so you can't That's escape so blood imagery no matter what. Um, but to really let that be part of, like, every visual shot um, in a million different ways is is, is super fascinating. No. Oh my God. I can't wait to read that article. I just like read and the band plays on this summer. So I would love to read that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like the fear of like, oh no, like anyone could be infected and they're like, they could be out here like infecting babies, like all the fear mongering that was happening at the time. And then you have these like vampires, like he throws the baby to the vampire brides and like Lucy's carrying away the toddler into the crypt and stuff like that I mean I think it really tied into a lot of um the hysteria is the word that I was looking for earlier um but yeah I mean it's it's interesting to see the way that it tapped into those fears I don't really necessarily feel that it was like a commentary um so much as it was just relevant and engaging with that you know what I mean um but but everybody can draw their own conclusions certainly 
No, it's really. I'd love to watch it again and think about that more. I can't. Yeah, there was another article um, that I found um, from someone who went to the University of Wolverhampton, um, which is in the UK. And I didn't read the whole thing because it was 30 pages, but I read the abstract um, and it's about like horror and voyeurism and um venereal infection syphilis and like the anyway all that stuff um that seemed interesting too so i'll link that one as well um but again i didn't read it so i don't know but the abstract seemed great um (laughs) yeah well no it's really interesting to think about in that context because i was not born when this movie came out and if i had been born i would have been uh not watching this or knowing the context of anything (laughs) (laughs) So no, that's that's really interesting. There's a lot of crossover there. Um, to go in a completely different direction, the final scenes of this film are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the very very end of this movie, they made it a lot better than the book because the book ending was the biggest letdown ever. And I'm not saying that anything different happens. It's just more exciting when you get to see it. It's like they're chasing and they're chasing and they're chasing and they're chasing him and they're doing all this shit and it's crazy. Wow, 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 wow. They find him for one second. They kill him immediately. <laughs> and um, they're like, <laughs> it's like how uh, that last little bit of the covenant needed Sydney's sound effects. Um mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. did at least at least a couple of pew pews, my God. Um, but what they did, I think, made it a lot more meaningful. Like in the actual book, um, Jonathan is the one who chops off Dracula's head and kills him. But in this one, it was actually um oh my god, hold on, what's his fucking name? <gasps> Star Wars. Star Wars, the guy who made Star Wars. George Lucas? George Lucas, thank you. You can cut that part out if you want, or you don't have to. It was actually George Lucas who uh, gave the idea to Francis Ford Coppola. He was like, oh, I think that Mina should chop off his head. And then Francis Ford Coppola was like, okay, cool. Sick. Sick. Great (laughs) idea. Which, like, it was a great idea because that was, like, a really poignant, beautiful, fucked up, super sad ending. Um, and it also like I think is it gets to one of the things that is so interesting because you have the dual love story of Dracula and Mina slash Elisabetta and um, Mina and Jonathan um, and you have these moments where Mina is being like you killed Lucy um, and she asks Van Helsing at one point, like, are you going to do to Lucy, do to me what you did to Lucy and like stake me in the heart and chop off my head. Um, and so when she says that to Jonathan at the end, um, it's this really nice moment of him being like, I could never do that to you. I love you, which is the same kind of element where Dracula is being like, I actually am chickening out when it comes to turning you into a vampire because I don't want to damn you to eternal demonization essentially um and so like what can you do or will you do for the ones that you love and she does it to dracula to like spare him from the ongoing like not just from being hunted down by these people but also like yeah the curse that he's like been under essentially this whole time yeah no it's 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 such a beautifully tragic ending because like yeah just like you said he was like this whole time he's been doing this because he wants to be reunited with his love but he's like the life that this life is not a life and he wouldn't damn her to that even if it meant they could be together just me sobbing over here jesus (laughs) (laughs) um oh okay wait i'm so glad i remembered this 
I was looking at him in his little coffin in this last bit before, like while he's in the coffin, he's in this big gold gilded cloak thingy. And it's very Uh dramatic. And I was like, gosh, if that doesn't remind me of Klimt's The Kiss. A lot of the um, fashion was like inspired by some of Klimt's work. And so I felt um, smart. And the reason I felt smart is because I bought that same poster that every bitch in freshman year of college bought and put on their wall because they thought that it made them look artistic. Um, And (laughs) thank you, UCLA, for selling that poster at your poster sale freshman year for this moment to come to pass. It was very poignant to me. Um, The last thing I'll say is that rip in peace, Quincy, you hot, sexy thing. So sad. The poor Texan. I did like that his knife from the beginning that she was like, oh, can I touch it? It's so big. Came back around. That was nice. That was fun. Yeah. Not just a sexy moment for Lucy, but a plot point for later. Okay. I mean, we got to go to our segments. Otherwise, this, this you know, we could keep going. But, you know, maybe we'll do this in Spooky Take Tuesday uh, <laughs> and talk about the rest that we didn't get to. But how could this already rather gay movie be gayer? Again, I'm going to need polycule confirmed. Um, I'm going to need more kisses for Lucy and Mina because it didn't look like their first kiss to me. It looked like they kiss all the time, actually. And I don't really know uh-huh. why we didn't see that. Um, it would have been a three hour long movie if we had seen all their kisses. And that would have been But they had so me. many scenes together. I think you could have added a kiss into each scene. No problem. Um, they weren't ready. How sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we could have had maybe a little more tenderness between Dracula and Jonathan, Um, but it's not really about the intimacy or the romance for them. That's pure sex appeal. Like, does being a vampire, like, you become a vampire, my tooth fell out, Um, and do you become, like, like, do you become queer, like, as part of the transformation? Because I feel like it's, like, par for the course. Like, you have to- think that um you are living so long sexuality is a spectrum at some point you either get bored or curious or desperate for new experiences so whether it immediately turns you gay or not it is a statistical inevitability that you would be gay at least at some point here's my sentence I thought of you live so long that you can surpass comp het finally compulsive heterosexuality you don't even know need to go to therapy you just need to live long enough to process it naturally on your own you just see stuff for so long and you're like damn yeah that shit's bullshit and then you just kiss everybody and it's better also like lots of periods of history have been like pretty queer and accepting of queer things and different cultures are you know he it's not like he's living in puritanical united states for that whole time you know what i mean he i don't know what's going on over there in transylvania in the 1500s like who knows i will say though i know it's technically straight but it feels gay uh, is Winona writer Mina like seducing Anthony Hopkins? Mm. Oh God, that part was nuts. Like that he part just like feels 
gay. That's because she's under the thrall of the vampire brides as well. So she's performing sexuality with and for them um, as part of their alliance and coalition. It's not really about Anthony Hopkins. Obviously, that's just a tool that she's using. Imagine so it's about it's about the the brides. Such a silly, horny boy that you're like, this woman who is betrothed to a va- both a vampire and my dear friend is like, yeah, I've actually always wanted to fuck you, Anthony Hopkins. And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, that tracks. That yeah. tra- <laughs> uh, I felt that actually this whole time. <laughs> oh, that simmering tension between us. Yes, let's finally you felt act it too? on it. Finally. Yeah. I love that he stops her with the communion wafer. And she gets mm-hmm. that stupid cut on her forehead. That was something that was deeply personal to me because one time um, I put a suction cup speaker on my forehead to pretend I was a Dalek and I played a James Blake song out of it and not even the whole James Blake song. And then I took it off of my forehead and I had that exact same mark on my forehead hickey. as a bruise. Yeah, like a hickey for like a month. It was there for a month. Speakerphone so hickey. I like really felt, I felt connected to Winona in that moment. I did like how it faded away to show like the curse is really over with oh, his death. Yeah. Um, it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you behead anyone at that time? I should have. I should have. I should have committed murder. Damn. Wrath. Well, we'll uh, never know what might have happened. Um, have to but yeah, I mean, no. again, movie's pretty gay. Could be gay or could always be gay. Um, but what what's next? Um, Maddie Lily. Where would Maddie Lily be? Maddie Lily fit. Maddie? I think he killed as Renfield. Oh yeah, he would. But Tom Waits was so good. <laughs> he would have made a great Jack, the doctor. Is that the Texan? Oh no, no it's that's the Quincy. Jack is the mm. morphine addicted doctor, and mm. I totally agree with you because he's yeah. Just got that weirdness them, enough. Probably. But the doctor's a fun one for sure. Yeah, that that would be a really good place for him. I'm I'm satisfied with that. Um, who is the dumb bitch in this movie? This is actually a really hard one because yeah. everyone has some nice redeemable thing about them, even though they suck real, real, real bad. Some of the I know. I don't, I, I mean, obviously Van Helsing is in theory trying to stop the vampires. It's a plague, etc. blah, blah, blah. But I'm happy to let him be the dumb bitch, um, in part for the seduction in part for just being kind of a silly goose. You know what I mean? He is like literally so crucial in the book. Like they make him so silly in this, but like they would have been lost without him straight up. Everyone would be fucking dead um, from the book. So that makes it hard for me uh, to give it to him. I accept your nomination though. Um, would be the dumb bitch of this movie. Who? Yeah. Like that's her oh. question. Yeah, like oh, I'm trying oh, to figure oh. out who I would nominate. Like, oh, sorry, I thought that you cut not out Lucy. right when you said who. No, not Lucy, she's perfect. Not Mina. No, not Dracula. No, maybe the original church in the beginning that said suicide is such a sin that they ha- vampires were created because of it. Love that. Oh, you know who could be the dumb bitch? Uh, the people who shot the arrow into elizabetta's thing and that's why she killed herself <gasps> oh you found it you did it you yeah. did it you did it you did it do you think they the knew Ottoman that they Empire. would 
create um vampires through a series of wacky events a comedy of errors I don't, I don't think, think they so. could have predict- predicted that, but also they Maybe never should have tried it. There are yeah. repercussions that you can't even understand to every Consider action. Consider the consequences ripples of your ripples, The exactly. butterfly effect. Yeah. Speaking of the butterfly effect, when are we going to do the butterfly effect? Oh my God. I oh love that God. movie. After we do Tusk, that's first. Okay. Nicholas agrees with me. Shout out. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think that whoever shot that arrow is the dumb bitch decided fully on board that brings okay. us to our knives out of fives and so you said that people were down with this right I mean it won Oscars yeah um critics really thought that it was so horny that it would be like laughed out of theaters basically is the sense that I got um but after it came out and was like such a huge hit I think they kind of changed their tune a little bit um because on Rotten Tomatoes this movie has 77% fresh from critics um it also has 79% fresh from audiences it has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb I think those are kind of a little lower than you might expect for a movie that has three Oscars but those Oscars are for costume design effects and makeup and it was nominated for art direction and set direction so I think like you know understandably there's there's room for critique of like the story adaptation or like the way the plot is rolled out or acting quality potentially for some of these people um there, but th- there's just so much happening at all times. I think that it's just like, again, a hard movie to fully digest. Um, and I think that kind of brings down, I would say the overall rating would be would be my best guess about like why those numbers aren't higher. Um, but obviously it's a hit and a cult classic. Obviously it's a hit and a cult classic. I've been going first a lot lately, so I refuse. I'm putting my foot down. Okay, what if you don't have worry. to go first? I got it. I'm giving Mm -hmm. this a 4.5 out of 5 because I this movie's just fun to watch. Like you have to be like willing to commit to it but like it's so fun. It's so beautiful to look at. Like it's camp. It's like pure camp and it's like 90s camp. It's great to talk about and be like oh god Keanu Reeves accent is so funny or oh my god why are they moaning like this or oh god why is Anthony Hopkins humping his leg know what I mean like it's just (laughs) so wacky and outrageous and it is it's softcore porn so like it could be a great date night movie to be like Netflix and chill yeah Netflix and Amazon Prime and chill like let's go (laughs) yeah I mean I think that um said it a million times by now it's a lot to take in so I think that the rating that I will give it today is the the lowest I would give it and with subsequent viewings that number would just continue to climb higher um because there are so many really wonderful cinematic things about this movie there's so many really interesting artistic choices there's so many fun little goofy things that they're doing um I think the more time that I have to sit with this movie and the more rewatches I do the more I'll continue to enjoy it um but for pure 
overwhelming factor it does bring my score down a little I think I would probably give it like a like a 4.3 out of 5 I accept <laughs> um okay I'm gonna do a little little combo pack of of your two scores and give this a 4.8 I've been very generous since season three um but I just love this movie it asks so much of you like you're saying it asks so much of you but I'm willing to give it baby I'll give it more (laughs) if it wants I'll give it whatever it wants true truly um Mm -hmm. um and it just I just think it's so iconic in so many different ways and just so thought out in in so many ways and not so thought out in other ways I think it's hilarious um it's got because it has its fuck-ups it makes it a little funny because if it was that serious for the whole time and we didn't have Anthony Hopkins I think it might be a little hard to bear um but it's I don't know it's got the romance it's got the practical effects it's got the blood it's got so much also we didn't talk about this but it has like this incredible score that didn't get um nommed for any Oscars or anything, but it was like super iconic and ha- far reaching outside of this film. Um, you've definitely heard part of it, even if you hadn't seen the movie, because it was used in like a ton of 90s era trailers for movies like Schindler's List, 12 Monkeys, Mummy, and <laughs> Underworld, the Underworld series. So um, like, I don't know, it just, it has long, long fingers. There's also like a article I read that this like kind of like rebirth the sexy vampire um, mm. and the style of the sexy vampire. Um, so, you know, we have uh, this movie to thank for Twilight in many ways. I am sure I'll write an essay on it for class next week. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think this movie is really fun and I'm really glad I gave it another go and really paid attention this time and put my fucking phone down because like, it's cool as shit. I can't wait to watch it again a whole year from now because four hours of this movie within three weeks is a lot, but <laughs> I don't regret it. So yeah, 4.8 for me. Gorgeous. What do we have up next, Monica? This is one of I'm your movies. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm this one. Um, okay, this is a divine, beautiful idea brought to you by the mind of Chelsea Duff because it was her idea to do this movie because I brought it up. Based on vibes alone. Yeah. Yeah. Based on vibes. She hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No, No. I'm the only one who's seen this movie. Um, I saw it in theaters when it came out, like opening week, because you know that I am a big M. Night Shyamalan girl. And yes, I thought extra hard so I don't mess up his name this time. I'm so sorry, King. I'm so sorry, King. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we, we, you know, we saw, we started this, season off um well not started it off but we did six cents so now we had to come back and do one of his lesser renowned films um this is <laughs> a film that came out in a year that i don't know but it is the visit um just in time for thanksgiving <laughs> and if you've seen the filming the film you know about the family vibes that go throughout those themes the themes of family uh- <laughs> And if you've seen the movie, I'm so sorry we're doing this, but aren't you excited to see what Chelsea and Sydney think? I am. <laughs> it's a weird one. I've never seen it. Uh, honestly, never even heard of it. So 
Yeah, I'm kind of expecting similar vibes to that um, Selma Blair, Nick Cage horror movie, Parents, or whatever Not that one is called. Okay, I'm also recently watched Old, we the movie about movie, the beach that makes you old. Um, and so oh, I just one? feel fully prepared. You know what I mean? I would say it's better than old. Death okay. better than old, but death not even cl- it couldn't even hold a candle to success it couldn't even be it can't be on the same list but it is unfortunately <laughs> at the sixth sense for the same director but um it's gonna be a blast happy thanksgiving in advance um but yeah it's exciting we've got great contact all no content all november long why not follow us on all of our social media so you can see it first at spooky underscore tuesday on tiktok twitter and instagram we are also Spooky Tuesday Pod on Tumblr and Facebook and at Spooky Tuesday on Leatherboxd. We have that one YouTube video. But if you don't want to do any of that, at least give us a five-star review. I mean, we are literally three away from 100. We've been saying this for too many weeks. So get in there. Give us a five-star review. It can be our your Thanksgiving to us. Wow, we're going we're gonna to do a lot of Thanksgiving-related Fs for reviews. I can feel that coming. but anyway at the end of the day i have to say thanks for listening bye spookies sounds extra good with the list (laughs) i love you too much to continue and take me away from all this death Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. 